Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 34 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Father, we come to you today to receive the message you desire us to hear. May our hearts be soft to receive and understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you may recall that yesterday we talked about the power of belief and faith. Well, in Mark chapter 6, we see the opposite, a lack of belief. Jesus' hometown marveled at him at first as he spoke, but just as quickly fell into unbelief. Then they were offended, and then the miracles ceased. Then Jesus poured his supernatural authority to heal and cast out demons to his disciples. He expected them to build his church when he was gone, so this was to be training ground for them. They were to rely on God's provision for them through the people they would serve, something we still do today. I'm sure these men were a bit intimidated or even scared, but they moved forward anyway and carried out Jesus' instructions. They were more than excited when they came back to tell him all that had happened. When God gives us direction, we are blessed as the disciples were blessed. They overcame their fears and were able to do the seemingly impossible. The reference to shake the dust from their feet comes from the Jewish tradition that they would shake the dust from their feet when they left the Gentile nation and came home to theirs. Well, we read about Jesus feeding 5,000 men with five loaves and two fish. I just like to point out that there were likely three times that many people needing food, the families of these men. There could have even been 20,000 people or more there. We don't know for sure. Still, there were 12 baskets full of scraps left over. So if you are in need today, let's believe God can handle our need and more out of his abundant storehouses. Jesus continued to do amazing things in front of the disciples, which could have only increased their faith. We see this as they were being tossed about in a storm. He came to them walking on the water. They were already frightened because of their life-threatening condition, and now they see a figure walking on the water. Of course, we know this was Jesus, but they didn't. Imagine being tormented by a storm. Most times we don't expect to see the Lord save us, but he is always present with us. His words, I am, stop being alarmed and afraid, should ring in our ears today. Let's turn over our fear, turn it upside down, and believe Jesus is walking in the storm with us and is able to calm any storm we find ourselves in. Well, let's see what Paul is writing about today in chapter 6 of Romans. He made the argument about grace yesterday, but today he advises us to not take that for granted and continue in sin. Baptism is explained by Paul. The Greek word baptism means to plunge and was used to describe how to dye clothes. When you put a white shirt in a green dye, it absorbs the dye. When we live in Christ, we absorb his nature and become dead to sin, but alive in Christ. Baptism the act of baptism simulates Jesus' death and resurrection for us in the spiritual realm. We actually die to sin when we are lowered into the water and are alive with him as we are raised up out of the water. Paul continues on with his argument against sin and holiness. 
oh, and for holiness. Verses 22 and 23 finish off the chapter and say, but now since you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, you have your present reward in holiness and its end is eternal life. For the wages which sin pays is death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through in union with Jesus Christ our Lord. The good news is that we are, we have the power to be free of sin through Jesus' death and work of the Holy Spirit. I love that Paul writes our reward here on earth is holiness. This doesn't mean we will not be tripped up, but when we are tripped up in sin, we can remember whose we are and repent and live once again under grace. Well, exciting things are happening in Exodus chapter 17. First, the Israelites are thirsty again. They grumbled again, and Moses went to God again. I think about my own children when they were little and wanted something or needed something. It went much the same way. As a parent, though, I made sure they received what they needed. Food, clean clothing, beds to sleep in, you know, these things. God made sure his children were given what they needed as well. I love how water comes from a rock. God could have chosen anything to produce water from, but he chose a rock, a solid mass of minerals to produce water. Not only that, but he told Moses he would stand before him on the rock. God stood before his people and provided life-giving water for them. He was faithful to them. He took care of them even when they grumbled. Well, then comes some excitement, the people of Amalek who were descendants of Esau. They came to fight with the Israelites. Moses trusts in God and takes the rod of God in his hand and goes to the top of a hill. And as long as he holds the rod up in the air, the Israelites were winning. But when he was tired and his arms lowered, they started losing. There's a beautiful principle. Some of the men found a stone for him to sit on. Aaron and Hur held up his hands until sunset. Sometimes it takes more than ourselves to win a battle. We must have help, the help of a few close friends. As Moses was being helped, Joshua won the battle. Now, because the people of Amalek had come against Moses and the Israelites, God's wrath was kindled against them. He eventually wiped out the Amalekites, as we will see in later chapters. God wanted this battle to be remembered, so he told Moses to write it down for future remembrance. I can't help but think one of the reasons Moses was chosen was because of his literacy. Most people weren't literate during those times. Only scribes were literate in ancient times and the royals. Because Moses was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, he would have been taught to read and write. At least that is my assumption. It was no accident Moses' mother put him in a basket to save him. Other people couldn't save their children. and There was no assurance that he wouldn't be destroyed, just a hope by his mother. God knew the plan he had for Moses' life and made sure he was well-trained for his position now with the Israelites, trained by the Egyptians. What a turn of events, if you think about it. Let's not wonder how God is going to do something almost unbelievable in our lives, because he clearly shows us here he can do anything. Chapter 18 shows us the importance of parents, Ah, the wisdom of parents. Moses and the Israelites came near where his father-in-law, wife, and children were. It is likely his wife and children stayed with his wife's family to avoid the danger of all that happened in Egypt. But now they were close, and his father-in-law met um, and watched how his days were going. 
When he saw the work Moses was doing, he saw that it was too much for one man to handle. So he gave him some advice and leaders were trained up to hear the disagreements and problems of the people. Moses was relieved of having to hear all the cases and just heard the most difficult ones. Many of us fall into the, I have to do it myself mentality. I'm certainly one of those people, but we are shown here that there are better ways to handle our work. We can learn to delegate portions of it to others and save ourselves from overwork. Think about what areas you might be able to entertain some help in and ask God if it is his plan, his will to help you move forward with this type of a plan. Psalm 34 is a psalm written by David when Saul was after him. David pretended to be insane because the people in Gath recognized him and sang his praises. Someone undercover wouldn't want anyone to recognize them, especially when it could mean life or death. So he put on a pretty good display of being mad and was not led into the army that he pretended to be wanting to join, and they put him out. This psalm is starred in my Bible. There are some amazing verses here that we do not want to miss. Verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, who revere and worship him with awe, and each of them he delivers. This is an amazing promise that we can hold on to when we need to remember that an angel of the Lord is encamped about us. I visualize this as often as I need to. Maybe you can as well. Another verse that is full of wisdom is verse 14, which says, depart from evil and do good. Seek, inquire for, and crave peace. Pursue and go after it. Crave peace, pursue peace, go after peace. These are words to meditate on and then set intentions about if we haven't already. One of the huge gifts Jesus died to give us was peace. May peace be with you. The last verse of consequence is verse 18, which says, The Lord is close to those who are of a broken heart and save such as are crushed with sorrow for sin and are humbly and thoroughly penitent. Some of these verses today are definitely worthy of writing on note cards and keeping along with you. They are worthy of memorizing, so we have them in the days of trouble. Let us pray. Oh Lord, you are awesome and great. Thank you for your word that teaches us more about you. Help us learn of you and draw closer to you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.